as we look at uh, Matthew chapter uh, chapter six, we we've moved through chapter five. Uh, this is our, our seventh sermon in this series, uh, and we made it through the first chapter. So I'm excited. There's th- this sermon covers three chapters in the book of Matthew. Uh, like I said, we started in chapter five, and now we've made it to chapter six, uh, and I'm excited. Last week, if you remember, we talked about Jesus getting to the heart of the matter. We talked about how he shared really six, uh, six things that he shared with his disciples and um, those that were around him, teaching them about the laws, the rules uh, from the Old Testament. Uh, and, and he said, here are the things I've told you to do. But then he took it deeper, right? He, he didn't want to just teach them that sin is a thing they did or an action, but it was a nature that we were born with, that even our thoughts and attitudes uh, become sin in God's eyes that, that make us just as guilty as if we physically committed one of the sins or the, the broken one of the Ten Commandments. So he dug to the heart and said, I don't want to just cure symptoms. I want to get a hold of your heart. I want to cure your disease of sin. And he does that uh, through grace and mercy and our faith in him and trust in him. He blesses us in that way. Uh, so So we found... That, that uh, this is not just about what we do, but it's about our sinful nature. And he started in chapter 5 and said, hey, sinful nature, uh, it looks like this. Don't just think, he's telling the disciples, don't just think because you don't physically do bad things that you're good. That's really the core of the message of those six things. Just because you've not murdered anybody, you've not stolen from anybody this week, just because you've not done physically bad things Don't get confused and think you're good enough. We said righteousness was the ticket to heaven, right? And he's telling them, it's not your righteousness. It's going to be mine, Jesus Christ. It's Jesus' righteousness that gets us to heaven. Chapter 6, he spins this around a little bit, same, same basic message, saying, hey, it's not, just, uh, it's not just because you do something bad, don't think you're good. He goes on to this in chapter 6. We're going to look at three things this morning, one in more detail, but really the core that ties them all three together is this. He says, don't just think because you do good things that you're good. Do you see the difference in that? He first says, don't just think because you don't do bad things that you're good. He says, actually, there are some people that are even doing good things that are not good. What? Hang with me for just a minute. He's really getting to the, the Pharisees again here, right? Uh, that, that, um, that, that went around, they, they gave to the needy. Uh, they prayed out loud in front of everyone. Uh, they fasted and made sure everybody know it. By all accounts, people would look at them and say, they are holy. Look at those people. Look at what good they're doing. And what Jesus is doing here, he's giving us a bit of a word of caution. Uh, He was referring to the parents. He's pointing out here the dangers of going through the motions of religion without a relationship with him. So he says, don't build your relationship with me on what you do or don't do. And he's telling that about the Pharisees. He's getting right to them. He's saying, hey, just because you're religious, because you're doing all these boxes. And we've all had people like this in our life. You've looked at them and you, we've thought, man, they are, 
They are so holy. They are such good people. And we'll say that about people. They are so good because we see them. They go to church. You know, uh, their, their, their kids are well-behaved. Uh, you know, they're not materialistic. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're not going. They're not, they're not watching terrible movies and TV shows. Uh, they, and we look at them and say, they are such good people. They're giving to the needy. They're volunteering at the homeless shelter. They're doing all these things. Uh, and, and Jesus is going to give a little bit of a warning here and says, be careful about that. A word of caution. He dives deeper. And he actually calls and says these Pharisees are hypocrites. And I always thought of a hypocrite as someone, right, you see that they look like they do good. They're acting like they do good. Um, you know, they come to church on Sunday morning and they live worldly the rest of the week and their life doesn't match up with what they're saying. We find here a deeper definition of hypocrite according to Jesus. This is a person who actually, on all accounts, their life looks good. They look holy. They look close to Christ. But it's for the wrong reasons. It's without substance and it's without relationship, which is the most important thing in our Christian life, is relationship with God. Really, a word of caution coming out of this says, don't set a person here as your great example of goodness or, you know, a friend or a neighbor. Don't, obviously, we've got good, strong Christian people that are living lives good. But he's saying, don't, don't anchor on that. They'll disappoint you at some point. Anchor our role model on Jesus Christ himself. Let's read this scripture this morning as we get into to talking about a message that I'm calling Not For Show. Have you seen, you know some people that, uh, and, and they, they like to put on a show. Uh, and, uh, and, and what Jesus is teaching here, our life, our good deeds should not be for show. And some people, uh, the world is a stage and the audience and they're waiting for recognition and applause. And, and Jesus is calling that back right here. And so let's, let's dig into the verses. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll see what Jesus is teaching us here. Uh, real quick, just a flashback. This is the picture of the hill beside the Sea of Galilee where Jesus would have taught his disciples this lesson where he would have been speaking this sermon. The first verse from Matthew chapter 6 uh, and verse 1. Matthew chapter 6 verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Uh, I think uh, for me this was interesting. The first thing I latched onto is in this first sentence, and I've got it bolded here in yellow. It says, be careful not to practice your righteousness. And I read that and I thought, wait, do I need to practice being good? Like I practiced the piano or, you know, Rosie's been trying to learn the piano. We've been having fun with that. Uh, and she said, when am I going to get good? When am I going to get good? And I'm like, it takes practice, hours of practice. But I think what Jesus is talking about here is it's like, almost like a physician, right? They've been given a skill set, a knowledge, an ability, a license to put something into action. They are practicing medicine. And what we find here is that as Jesus is talking to his disciples, uh, that he says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others with this clause at the end, to be seen by them. 
tells me that we've got this righteousness inside of us that's going to come out. There's going to be good works. There's going to be good things that happen. You're going to have to implement it. There's some responsibility for us to do those things that God calls us to. But he begins to get us quickly here to the heart of the matter and ask us what our motivation is. So not practice our righteousness like a piano, but like a physician. To put the heart change that God has got inside of you. He's saying you're going to put it into action. Be, be careful not to do it for these reasons. What we're finding here as he's teaching through this is this, this point, first point I'd like to make uh, this morning. It says, be, being a Christian is not just the absence of bad in our life, but the presence of good. Can you think about that just for a minute? Sometimes we think if I'm not doing uh, bad things, we feel like being a Christian is the list of things we should not do. But God says we will know our life, we'll know a changed heart by the fruit that it bears. And so just not being bad is not enough, that there should be a presence of good in our life. I think he gets to the heart of that when he says be careful not to practice your righteousness. That's going to come out. The good is going to come out, but we just have to be careful about what motivates us. It also reminds us that all good gifts come from God. If there's good things we do, those come from God. Good gifts come from God, not from Jared, not from you know some other member of the church, not from new beginnings. Good things all have their foundation, their root, their anchor in a God that loves us. We find in the second verse, Matthew chapter 6, says, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Um, it is important to see here that as Jesus teaches this, uh, he, he, he started out, uh, in, in verse 1, telling us not to practice our righteousness, not to do good things just to be seen. Not to just be seen. He says, so when you give to the needy, do it in secret. He says, uh, don't do it like the hypocrites do. Here we're really talking about hypocrites, the ones who, who, who uh, do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. They are only doing it to be seen as righteous. They are only doing it because they feel like the audience around them. They're only doing it for fulfillment and recognition and accolades and, and applause and uh, reaffirmation that they're good. And their audience is really the people that's around them. Second point to pull away here, I want you to remember, it's, it's okay to recognize and be recognized. People who are doing good work, who are giving faithfully, it's okay that's not what Jesus is upset about here. He's just saying it should not be our motivation. Getting recognized should not be our motivation. We'll get to verse 3 and 4. Verse 3 says, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. 
Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. I want to just ask you this morning, uh, in this moment, in this time, a few questions of practical application here. As I began to really think about this, and I'd studied it this week, and yesterday I went through it, and this morning really God began to get a hold of my heart about it. And he gave me just a few questions to ask ourselves. Who is your audience? Would we still serve and give if there was no chance of public recognition? Would we do this if no one knew about it? Would you give, would you serve if no one knew about it? And I began to ask myself, would I preach today? And I, and I thought how there have been times when this building has been full and there's a really easy way to check your motivation to say, no, nah, that's not me. I really do want to just give and help. I don't care what people think. What, what God is getting, Jesus is getting to here again is to the heart of this, that we all have a sinful nature and we all have a little bit of that in us. We want to be fulfilled. We want to be recognized. We want some affirmation that we are worthy, that we've done good and recognition. We have a little bit of that. And there have been times when this room has been full and I've preached and I've laid it all on the line uh, and I left feeling empty. I came off the stage feeling empty, feeling like I'd let people down, feeling like I'd let God down. Uh, and, and in those moments, those are moments where I realized I was, I was not doing this in that day with the right motivation to know with a heart to serve, with a heart of, of, of not worrying about what everybody thought about it and whether people thought it was good and whether people came up to me afterwards and said, great job or not. Would I keep preaching if nobody ever said, good job would we sing if there was no applause at the end if nobody ever said that was really good today i enjoyed it it was a great this was just worship god worked through you all today it was amazing uh would we still sing would we volunteer at the community lunch if nobody even knew you were going to be there not even the organizer what if you could go and help and be behind the scenes and help and change everything, but nobody was going to know about it? Would we still do it and find value? Would we volunteer at the closet? Would we volunteer at the kids' ministry? Would we be a, a teacher in the kids' ministry? Would we drive the bus? Would we do all these things that we have so many volunteers that are doing? And I'm so thankful that I see the hearts of people in our church that show up behind the scenes and they're faithfully giving, they're faithfully working with no expectation, no hope, no thought that if I don't get recognized for doing this, I'm not doing it anymore. People are giving faithfully with a heart for the right reasons. We can all recognize there's times we get down. We've been giving, we've been doing, we've been doing, we've been doing, we feel like nobody even sees it. You refer you back to the point that said recognition is not a bad thing. 
we should recognize people that are giving faithfully to the Lord and supporting within their own ability and what they're doing. And when they are giving and serving, we should recognize volunteers. We should. But that should not be the motivation for the serving, for the giving, for the loving. Jesus really looks at three things here. Uh, if you read on past verse 4, the next section is prayer. He says hypocrites do the same thing. They're giving. They're making sure everybody knows they gave to the needy. They took care of them. Uh, and then it says they pray out loud in the synagogues like the hypocrites do. And then it says they fast. And they, when they're fasting, they're acting like, oh, God, I'm barely making it. Oh, I'm fasting today, you know. Uh, just for Jesus, I'm doing this. And he says that's what hypocrites do. We should not be doing those things out in the open just to get recognition for doing them, but we should be in secret because we should have an audience of one, and that's God himself. He's the one that we should be serving for, that we should be loving for, that we should be giving for. And if you've ever been at that point, uh, that you've helped, that you've served, that you've gave, and then you felt disappointed in the end because somebody else got recognized, somebody else. Let, let, me, let me tell you, that just points to your sinful nature and says, Whew, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to get to heaven on my own nature and my own goodness and my own righteousness. This points to the nature that says, hey, I'm broken and I need a Savior. And Jesus here, he told them in, in chapter 5, he said, yeah, you think you're not doing bad things, you're still bad in your nature. All y'all think you're doing good things and it's good enough to get in heaven, actually you're doing that for selfish reasons. You're doing it to get recognized. You're doing it to make the organizer happening. You're doing it for wrong reasons. And practically, yeah, let's try not to do it, but let's get to the heart of the message of what Jesus is teaching us here. We need a Savior. You need a Savior. There's not enough bad you can avoid and not enough good you can do to get in to heaven. He gives us practical things. We're going to spend some time, uh, not next week. We'll have a special Easter service next week. But the following week, we'll spend some time in the following verses dig digging deep on prayer here um, and seeing how God teaches us, Jesus teaches us to pray. So he's got to the heart of this again. He says, your good deeds should not be for show. Okay, but if I'm a Christian, then what should be my motivation? If you remember in Ephesians, we spent, uh, we spent six, seven months preaching through the book of Ephesians. Where we said we are God's handiwork. And we took that verse that says, Christians, you are God's handiwork. Created for good works, which God has pre created for you. For you to do. There are things created for you to do. So here, here's the last point that I want you to take home. I want you to just dwell on this. and want you to wrap your mind around it as I've tried to do this morning. Our good deeds should not be for show. They should not be for show. But they should, they should happen because we can't contain them. 
Because they are bubbling up inside of us. Because we can't imagine not giving. Because we can't imagine not serving. Because we can't imagine not loving. This, this type of sincerity that drives good works is through relationship with Christ. If you have a relationship with Christ, you will find your heart changes. You will find, oh, I'm not just going to do good because somebody's going to see me do good and it makes me look better. God, you've done good for me in mercy and grace. I don't care if anybody knows what good I'm going to do. I just cannot help but do it. I cannot contain the good works that you've put inside of me. And they're being driven by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God is beginning to change you. And you, there, he's given you purpose. And it becomes to overflow out of you. This is the essence of what I believe with Faith Life Ministries. I believe there's Christians, there's people in the church all around our community, all around the, uh, the state, the, the globe, the, uh, that, that have been saved by Christ. They've found themselves in relationship. And God has put purpose in them. And he has put good works in them and good things for them to do. And, 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 they're, and, and for some reason, we push back sometimes and we try to contain them. But the faith life that we can live is a life that takes the lid off. That creates a space and intentionally gives people the tools, the resources, the, the, the want to, the, the engagement. It says, oh my gosh, there's how I can give. There's how I can volunteer. There's how I can serve. There's how I can, I can live out this thing that God has put inside of me. That is the faith life. Let me tie this up for you as we get ready to close. Think about what today is. It's Palm Sunday. Think about Jesus as he got on the donkey. And he began to ride into Jerusalem. The king, the prophet that was going to set up a forever kingdom in the hearts of men. That would give us all opportunity to connect and be in relationship with God for once and for all. Do you think he did it for show? What was his motivation as he rode in on a donkey? Not on chariots with great large horses covered in gold. Not in fancy clothes, not with the most well-respected and educated entourage, but himself, the son of a carpenter, with himself on a lowly donkey, with disciples who he's talking to here in chapter 5 or chapter 6. that were just fishermen, that were uneducated for the most part, that were not the top tier of society. He wasn't coming into Jerusalem to put on a show. He was coming into Jerusalem to fulfill his father's will, which he could not contain. A destiny, a purpose that God had placed in his heart, that, that God had been working 
from the beginning of, uh, of time through the fall of Adam and Eve and through Moses and the children of Israel, through Abraham and, and through the story of Joseph and, and, and Jacob and, and, and all these great stories of the Old Testament and the prophets that all led up to this point when Jesus says, I'm here now, I'm on this side of the mountain, I know what's coming up in my life, you don't understand it right now, uh, but this, uh, this, this Christian life is not for show and Jesus went into Jerusalem not to put on a show not to create an audience not to build a following he didn't go to the cross for a show although we got a show out of it although we can look back and read about it and it's changed our lives and he got recognition for it he didn't come out of uh, of the grave just as motivation for selfishness for Jesus Christ he came out because he loved us he took victory over death because he cared because he could not contain even though when he said God I just pray you pass this cup away from me your will but not my will but yours Lord this is the heart of a Christian if you've tried to fill your life of good deeds and you've tried to refrain from bad and tried to become a Christian that way and get ready for church, can I share what Jesus is sharing here that it's never going to be enough? Let him point that to you. Let me point you to relationship with him right now. That says all we have to do is put our faith and confidence in him. We have to profess with our mouth that he is Lord that we believe in his, his virgin birth, his perfect life, his crucifixion and his resurrection. Let's search all our own hearts and say, God, as a Christian, let me not act for show. Let me build upon this fact and remind myself that all things good that come out of me come from you. And I'm thankful for that this morning. God, we come to you. We are so thankful, God, for this message. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he rode into Jerusalem on this day, you know, around 2,000 years ago, ready to, to, to change the world forever. And it was simply on the back of a donkey. No great circumpoppinstance. But God, with humility, with a heart to serve simply because you've put it in our heart to do, not because we want to look better, not because we want to appear better, not because we want to move up in our community and, and be seen as something great, but God, because we're motivate, motivated by your love and your mercy and your grace. And if someone's listening today and they have not, profess they've not accepted a relationship with you we know that while we were yet sinners you died for us you loved us God we pray that they would make a decision and commit to you today that change their life forever it's that simple and then something supernatural happens it says you take a rocky heart and make it a heart of flesh God we thank you for the way you love us you care for us and you take care of us in Jesus' name I pray, amen.